0: The following is a hoop bowl presentation. What is up, y'all? Welcome to an episode of Round Ball Rambling. Yep, you were expecting NBA today, weren't you? Still is. I mean, I talk about the NBA nearly every day. But I'll talk about the round ball. And I do a little bit of a ramble. So we got a little bit of facelifts here going on for Hoopball for my show. And we call call it Round Ball Rambling. So business literally as usual. Uh, just a slight different name. Uh, and you know what? I think it works out pretty well. You know? Round Ball Ramble. It just rolls off the tongue. Round Ball Ramble. Round Ball Ramble. Say it four times fast. Anywho. Same host, Corbin Ford. You know where to find me on Twitter, at Corbin NBA. Hoopball presentation. So, where do you find Hoopball? Glad you asked. Hoop-ball.com online. And then on Twitter, at HoopballTweets. You know what, y'all? Uh, it's been a couple, just a week, has it not? Uh, James Harden being traded to Brooklyn. Just all the mess with COVID and contact tracing and so many games being pushed aside. MLK Day coming up literally next week and, you know just the reflection that's going to happen on that alongside the basketball, it has been a lot. And, and there's also been some stuff to talk about that, I'm not going to lie, isn't exactly related to the games that were played. I'm going to run through those really quickly, but I mean, that's not really what I want to kind of focus on today, uh, especially since most of these games had players that were missing either due to uh, COVID-related contact tracing or the massive trade that we talked about just a couple days ago. So 76ers beat the Heat again, 125-108, to 108. Uh, and, and, and what we all saw coming, Shake Milton led the way for the 76ers with 31 points and 7 assists, while Gabe Vincent, yep, Gabe Vincent, actual player, not 2K generated, uh, I knew this, I'm just making fun for y'all, uh, 21 points and 8 assists for the Heat, uh, the Hornets lost a really close... Uh, but really, fun game to the Raptors. One hundred eight, one eleven. PJ Washington, twenty points, eleven rebounds. Chris Boucher came up big for Toronto, twenty-five points and ten rebounds. Uh, the play of the game was simple. You had Miles Bridges cutting off the baseline. You had a perfect feed from Lamelo Ball, and you had that cockback dunk. I mean, it was a cockback. Oh, boom! Follow through. It was disgusting. What a dunk by Miles Bridges. Total facial. Wow. The shorthanded Houston Rockets, you know, without James Harden for the first time in eight seasons, like, on their roster, beat the Spurs 109-105, Christian Wu with 27 points and 15 rebounds, sours the career hype of Keldon Johnson, who had 29 points and 6 rebounds. The Warriors lost to the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic playing at an MVP level. I know it's week three, but still. 23 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists for Jokic. Curry, 35 points, and 11 rebounds. The first game that Curry's had 30 or more for the Warriors that has ended in defeat for them. So, uh, just a little nugget there for you. Get it? Because the Nuggets won. Pacers blew up the Trail Blazers. 111-87. Uh, Blazers have had such an up-and-down year. I guess they're already continuing where they left off with that, because remember, last year, injuries hit hard for them, unfortunately, and this year, more of the same seems to be occurring, especially since there was an unfortunate injury to Yusef Nurkic, who suffered, unfortunately, a fractured uh, right right wrist, so there is no timetable for when he will return, uh, which is unfortunate, and that's sh- that sucked for them. Remember, he had this same, uh, not the same injury, but a significant injury last season uh, after he had a leg injury in March of 2019. Played just eight games last season, but was a big reason why Portland even made the playoffs. Now he's looking at another long recovery period while the team again is shorthanded in the front court and even more reliant on Damian Lillard and. CJ McCollum's had a career year. Uh, McCollum's been just on fire this season, and this is especially true because you know you don't have a right side, which I never thought I'd say in the year twenty twenty one, but I did. Uh, although the Blazers still have Harry Giles uh, and his canter, Robert Covington that can play more in the front court. You- Use Nurkic was a big reason why they're able to keep some playmaking on the floor, uh, making some plays off the short roll off of a pick and roll with Damian Lillard having that extra bulk in terms of rebounding, finishing. He was shooting just a little bit outside. You lose all of that in a significant player in Nurkic. And uh, like I said, for a while. So it it sucks for them. Uh, I I say this while also saying that the Blazers were already down by a lot when this happened. And again, their defense and just inconsistency was already showing well before Nurkic went down. However, that is unfortunate for their long-term hopes because, I mean, now they have to try to tread water without him for a good uh, bit of time and that that sucks. Keep me monitored on that. Everything that's going on there, and um, we'll kind of see what happens. But I don't even know. It's crazy to me. It's just crazy to me that a team like Portland, you know, and a guy like David Lillard, who you know committed to this franchise, is doing what he can. And, and, and yeah, these they've had some unfortunate play. Like some of it's just been down to. You know, the, the rest of the cast around on not being up to par consistently enough. But some of it has been injuries over the years. And, it, and it's just it's just bad. Anyway, I'm still hopeful for the Blazers. Uh, I still think they'll make it. I mean, they're a solid team. It'll be a while for sure. But I think that Portland has enough talent that they'll be able to uh, tread water. So we'll see what happens. All right. Got to talk about Jackie McMullen, y'all. I mean, this came out yesterday. This was a big thing for me. I was annoyed, to say the least, by what I heard. Uh, in case y'all wondering... Who Jackie McMullen is? She's a sports writer, a long-time one. Um, she's written NBA content uh, for ESPN. She's written for years. I mean, she has the ESPN um, Pen Lifetime Achievement War- Award for her literary sports writing. She's wrote "When the Game Was Ours," uh, Bird um, uh, on playing and coaching the game. I love, which is books that she wrote alongside people like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. She was a contributor for the book uh, "Basketball Love Story." She's done. She's done a lot. She's been. An uh, established and acclaimed writer, uh, she helped Shaq write his autobiography in 2011. She's been a regular panelist on uh, Around the Horn and Pardoning Interruption. So, like I said, she's been around um, and she's done a, a really, really good job in terms of NBA coverage over her career. But here is, she says some troubling things. And I, I was trying to say all that she's done to kind of lead into why I absolutely hated her what she said here. She was on the, the um, she was on the Ryan Rosilla podcast and I got thoughts on Ryan Rosilla and really Bill Simmons. I mean, I used to love Bill Simmons. Quick aside here, Book of Basketball was just hilarious to me, especially the Patrick Ewing section. Uh, 13-year-old Corbin howled so much. I felt like I was reading a book about basketball that like, connected me knowing all this stuff, but was also like just above my age range that there was some jokes and stuff that was like, Ooh, I feel wrong for listening to this or reading this. This is this is different. I shouldn't I shouldn't be a part of this. But it was hilarious. Um I thought Bill Simmons NBA analysis was insightful and hilarious. And then well in short, I grew up. And um, as I did, I was like, oh, no, there's obviously some clear bias here. There's obviously some short-sightedness that, you know, one, one person's subjective opinion that they're passing off is the absolute fact. There's been some troubling things with Simmons involving diversity and things of that sort. And when I say troubling, I mean, like, just straight up, what the heck. Um, it's been an issue. So I've, I've definitely soured or, or tempered a little bit my uh, expectations and overall enjoyment of Simmons' content. The guy watched basketball, the guy knows basketball up to a certain point, but his inner bias and uh just troubling thoughts behind the game that he decides to spout out, uh sort of makes up in there and, and make it, you know, a little bit of a sour end to this punch that is Bill Simmons. All that to say, Ryan Russell will take that, add like twenty grains of it, um, and I guess you have so Jackie Moon was on the Ryan Wissell podcast two days ago, on the thirteenth, and or three days ago, and this is what she said. So, so I'll tell you this, and this I'm quoting everything here, I'll, I'll tell you, end quote. Well, so I will tell you this, One of the conv- I was thinking of all the conversations I had with Kyrie over the years. One of them I had, I don't know, two years ago, we got into arguing about, you know, something, and he's like, well, there shouldn't be an NBA draft, players should be able to go wherever they want to go, we're not, you know, someone's property. And I'm like, yeah, you are, dude, that's the way it works, that's why you get paid all these millions. And so, I really think, in Kyrie's mind, he, I think the effects of the Capitol, I think the effects of the Jacob Blake shooting, I genuinely... Those things affected him, they bothered him, he felt like this, we're not putting importance where it belongs. These things are more important, I really believe that, end quote. So, taking that back, like, last sentence or two of this entire quote from the thinking in Kyrie's mind that the Capitol, everything from Jacob Blake, those things affected him, there's other things out there that are bigger than basketball, outside of him going and, and having that party, which, I mean, come on, man. You know, he's been active in the community. It doesn't get talked about enough. He's been trying to make some type of change using the platform more um, as an NBA player, just like others are, but I want to say more not during, quote-unquote, office hours. Like, he's doing it during the season stop where you're like, oh, you know, wherever you think about that. I personally think it's fine. I mean, he has the money he's paying for it. I I get it. Um, He's trying to make an impact the way that he knows how, and I don't see an issue with that. Putting his money where his mouth mouth is, literally, in that respect. Uh, Yes, there is... uh, Some troubling history of Kyrie in the media. Y'all can dive into all you want. It's been discussed ad nauseum, in my opinion, and unfairly as well. But from my stance, this is fine what he's doing up to this point. Now, my issue is, what are we doing, Jackie, with the NBA draft? Now, I agree. I feel honestly just weird watching the NBA draft. I get it, but I don't. Like, You know, and it doesn't actually hit me more during the draft. It hits me more during restrictive free agency where, you know, you have this career, you sign up, you do all that you have done to get to this point, and your first eight years of your career are not, you have no control of them. You know, you're drafted by a team, uh, restrictive free agency comes, you either sign a long-term extension with the team, or—and this never happens—you bite them. I mean, it rarely happens. You get the qualifying offer and then uh, decide to become unrestricted free agent early, and then you go into open market. Like you are already dictated where you go based off of where the team is, where they want you. I mean, that's out of your hands, and I do feel rather weird about that. Always have. Again, I don't really think about it during the draft as much as I do during restricted free agents, because like you really don't have a choice, whether or not you like the community, the environment, and you know everything there that's kind of where you are and the going thought around that from others is that well you shouldn't care you're getting paid millions this is fine everything's fine enjoy this like if i get paid millions i'd go wherever i wanted to go that sort of mindset which i think is just quite frankly dumb as hell i really do i'm going to give away my freedom because i'm making however million millions like there's a price for freedom in a weird way It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I understand the way that it works in the NBA and in sports in general, so I'm not really making any type of uh, sweeping statements here outside of my own personal opinion in general. But for Kyrie to say that, I don't really think there's an issue there. Kyrie definitely is more a free-spirited athlete, and that is an interesting comment. Like, why should there be a draft? We should all, you know, be unrestricted free agents coming into the league and we get to choose where we want to go and the nba works out the rest of that i I don't know there has to be some more nuance there of course but i get where he's coming from but for jackie Malone to go and basically say from where she's at after talking to all these athletes for all these years and she's like well actually yes you are our property she didn't i don't think mean it exactly or explicitly as she said it but because you get paid these millions You don't get to dictate where you go. You are at the mercy of the teams that draft you, and you are in the control of those executives who decide to select you and retain you or trade you. It's a lot of power at the very top that you don't get From those players at the bottom, and so when they decide to exercise that right, when they try to use that player empowerment, you do get you know the LeBron James, the Kevin Durant moves, and you even get more of the uglier stuff like the James Harden moves, where it doesn't look too good to the organization because the player basically pouted and had a huge fit, and they did what they did there, and it was very ugly to teammates and everything. But the player got what they wanted. But the player got what they wanted because they were trying to force their will the only way they knew how within these environments. You can't even publicly trust a, a trade request a trade without getting fined so they did the behind the scenes work and i do i like that no did i think it was very childish of course i do but all of this is part of a bigger conversation that really needs to be fleshed out i hope to bring a guest on or something and kind of talk this out but looking at it just looking at it what jackie mamung said was so so long it's ridiculous it looks even worse quoted but i listen y'all it doesn't sound good when you listen to it either i don't understand this long-standing belief of I don't know, that because people are getting paid a certain amount, X, Y, Z, that they should be uh, put in this box for just our entertainment, or just the property for this team, or whatever the case may be, it's a very negative and sadly far-reaching ideology that is just disgusting to me. So, for Jackie, I mean, like, what the heck, yo, like, you are the shameful one of the day here, I'm gonna come up with a segment for that, because I see that way too much on Twitter, not stuff... Like you know, just dumb takes that make zero sense, and you just like, well, this is how it's always been, or whatever the case may be. It's really dumb. And that's my rant for today. I don't understand what Jackie was trying to say there. It doesn't uh I don't know. I don't know. Just very, very annoyed. Um <sighs> That's all I got. It was I'm sorry, y'all. This was I had a lot more notes about this that I was trying to kind of break into a thoughtful discourse. But then I just got angry because I don't understand why people do this and think it's okay. And, like, not to go back to the ringer, but there's a lot of people in sports media that think that this type of rhetoric is okay. Like, it is just fine. Like, we at the country club. Like, what? Like, get a grip, y'all. Anyway, that's all I got for for that. But, ugh, just annoying. And, by the way, Jackie Munn has an NBA podcast on the ringer now. So, I mean, expect more of that great. And juicy content and aggregation come because lord have mercy <sighs> some must i gotta talk about when it comes to nba coverage uh and not just the negative thoughts that are kind of put out there and the passes gospel by most but also any more troubling the lack of analysis on the actual game and the more of the pushing and pressing for player transactions and you know the the trade deadline and the craziness like that i love it okay listen i'm all about NBA trades I'm all about you know moving players around free agency you know I take my whole days off of work to match up with uh NBA free agency and NBA trade and everything like that like that's big for me however when you are focusing more and more of your energy trying to trade players or pressure on players to be traded whether they want to be or not just to kind of keep um stuff going and keep questions going kind of raise that internal angst and keep the 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 trade wins afoot, I think that's disgusting, especially when the lack of analysis on the actual game is being pushed aside. I really do. Uh, For example, you had all this past year, ESPN, TNT, if you cover the NBA, it was something on it. Giannis, Giannis, Giannis is going to get traded. Is he going to go to here. Toronto, the Mavericks, uh, you know, where? The Lakers maybe? The Heat? You know, like all of these different moves. Although Giannis said, hey, listen, listen, you know, I want to say Milwaukee, yada, yada. And then he had a couple mom- a couple moments where he did kind of go, we'll see if that's what my agent's going to handle it, right? And NBA still, not NBA like explicitly, but NBA coverage was all about, well, Giannis is a free agent in a year and a half. Where can he go? You know, and, and just putting this pressure that didn't need to be there, right? On the team, on the players, just for the entertainment value of it. Instead of actually talking about the actual game. So when the Bucks folded out in grand fashion to the Heat that year in the playoffs, a lot of the talk was on, well, Giannis needs to play with better teammates, and Giannis if you be traded. When the analysis could have been on, why did the Bucks lose? Why did Coach Boonehoser not make necessary changes? Was Giannis's lack of a jump shot a big reason as to why Milwaukee was able to advance as far as they did or not? You know, whatever the case may be, there's questions there that could have enhance the enjoyment entertainment value of the game from increasing the understanding of how the game is played to both casual and non-casual fans who watch the game and yet it did not happen because all the talk was on a non-existent trade that may or may not have happened and then literally as soon as it did not happen as soon as it didn't happen Giannis signed the Supermax. Yay, Giannis signed the Supermax. You know, he can leave in two years. What are we going to do there? And then not only to we move from that, because there's only so much you can go with that, then it immediately went to James Harden, because James Harden was making waves when Russell Westbrook asked to be traded. Ooh, is James Harden going to try to get traded? And then the circus there. And then it went to Bradley Bill. And so today, I'm looking on Twitter, and SportsCenter, ESPN, tweets out that Bradley Bill leads the league in scoring right now at like 34 points a game, and that the Wizards are 3-8 and eight, with like the cringe face. And I immediately retweeted to stop it. We're doing it already. We barely got the trade yesterday. That was a 14 blockbuster trade two days ago. We barely got like players in their new duds or, you know, having their press conference. We just got that. We just did. And we're already trying to trade again. And this is off the heels of an inside the NBA that I, I, I'm i going to be honest with you. I love inside the NBA. I think that there's a lot of NBA diehards that are critical of it because of its overall casualness for those who get paid to talk about sports uh just like you know the who he played for segment and Shaq uh, and Chuck always uh, forgetting players and not understanding the games you're not obviously watching the games and for me I look at inside the NBA like one would look at I'm trying to think um almost like league pass I guess I guess because you have the main broadcast and then you have like these casual ones and could inside the NBA become more, I don't want to say detailed in how they kind of coach and teach the game. Yes, they could, but they don't. And they haven't for many, many years. Now, am I saying that that's a problem? I mean, yes, because it does sour some of uh, the potential that's reached to educate fans about the game at the same time for the entertainment value that it does provide i don't think it's a knock i think you just have to know what you're getting when you come and you know maybe not take shaq and chuck's words as gospel because they clearly don't watch the games i mean christian wood hilariously called shaq a casual uh two nights ago and it's very true and then shaq thought that nikola Jokic was russian which is a little more troubling because come on man like that's just understanding a person and where they come from but i don't have the same level of frustration about inside the nba because socially they have some very poignant and interesting conversations they know enough of basketball that they're not total complete you know just guys who come up and just talk about the game and they're entertaining it's a show within the show like people tune in afterwards for a reason i don't think it is for the education of the game although that would be a very very good plus that's not what they're there for they're there for the Shaq and chuck banter they're there for the who you play for the different segments ernie johnson that's what they're there for and I think that if we go and critique them too much, we're losing sight of what makes inside the NBA good in the first place. What could make inside the NBA better? It's obviously having more of a, uh, I guess, expressed love for the game. Uh, let's not quite go the Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson role of just trashing the game, you know, on the ABC, ESPN coverage. But uh, more balance and understanding that, hey, you know, this is the game we're trying to promote. We're trying to spread the love of the game here. Let's be a little more fair-handed, let's not just jump on the NBA so much, let's pretend to know uh, a little bit of the players on the floor, and the understanding of what they bring to the table, without just having the casual mindset, because you have people who tune in to watch this, that will then go, oh well Shaq said that Christian Wood uh, is a, you know, hard-working player who's not very talented, which is, like, the complete opposite, if you know anything about Christian Wood, uh, at all, like, that's not at all what he is, he's a very talented player who has Uh, very uh, inconsistent mode, or at least he has up to this year in Houston, so like the fact that Shaq could say that, and you have four or five, six people who think they know basketball, but add like 600, and they listen, and they go, yeah, yeah, you know, so Christian Wood, you know, he's a very uh, hard-working player, he's just not very talented, and then that's just a complete lie on someone's game that is spread out there, so that I think is, is something that inside the NBA needs to work on, but I don't know, I'm not in the league of everyone jumping on inside the NBA for what it isn't, I think we should value it for what it is. With that being said, there needs to be some coverage of the NBA outside of Doris Burke that can continue to break it down in a way, uh or Hubie Brown too. Let's throw in Hubie Brown. But those two um Analysts are like the only ones who break down the NBA in a comprehensive way that can go, wow, I learned something from that. I shouldn't have to go to my league pass uh, when it's working. (laughs) Sorry, shameless shout out to NBA league pass for their inconsistent service, but I shouldn't have to go outside of that to other uh streams like the timberwolves or ones like that teams like that to have a breakdown of how the game is played to enhance my own understanding that should be a given because you're trying to grow the product on the floor you're trying to grow the reach of the nba and the one thing when you can do that is by teaching players um teaching uh budding players budding students of the game budding fans how the game works and that's not happening right now and it's unfortunate so that's my rant on that uh there needs to be it. I don't know if inside the NBA is it. I don't think that inside the NBA should be it. I think inside the NBA should be more educated in terms of how they uh, go about uh, teaching and talking about the game. But I don't want to make inside the NBA the vehicle for that
1: comprehensive,
0: more enhanced coverage of the NBA. There's a few podcasts I listen to. There's a few uh, alternate streams. You know, Nate Duncan has their uh, Nate, Nate Duncan Daniel Luru have their stream of the NBA. And mind you, here's my problem with that. Like. I love the deep breakdowns, but I haven't found one yet that is both educational, informative, and entertaining. I, I just know I'm automatically giving up the entertaining part at the expense of the educational part. And it shouldn't be that way. But right now, it's Pick Your Poison. I'm not going to take Inside the NBA and turn that to some show that it isn't just to have my fix of the X and O's breakdown that I crave. But I also know that like people are saying that I at least point me in the right direction of a show that y'all consider you know not only educational informative but also fun to listen to you know dunked on i keep going example because that's i wouldn't say it's fun i enjoy it but that's because i'm a super nba fan but like if i'm saying hey casual fan come here and watch with me and i've done that before no you lose them no it's not what they want you have to think about the casual fan too uh and i think inside the nba could do for a little more of that as well anyways that will do it here for Roundball Ramblings. I got used keep saying that. Uh, you know where to find me on Twitter at Corbin NBA. Make sure to find Hoopball on Twitter at Hoopballtweets. Um, onlinehoop-ball.com. Again, check out the great service that they're providing there. The fantasy side, the fantasy team behind Hoopball, Dan Brescios and Brewski. I mean, Adam King. They are the best in the business, and you can hear from them literally every day on the Hoopball Discord chat they got going on. How? Uh, just sign up and be a member uh, with HoopBall360. That package is super simple to find. Uh, Again, hoop-ball.com or uh, at Fantasy for more information there. Another thing, definitely make sure to check out Manscaped.com. They are a proud sponsor of our show, and they have great products. I'm looking at my refined cologne right now that is just a killer in terms of being an amazing, just amazing product. But they also have your crop wipes, you know, keep it clean down under. And, of course, the Shining Jewel, the crowning... uh, Uh, piece of their selection is the Lawnmower 3.0, the latest and greatest in shaving tech that you can use for another region. So definitely make sure to check that out uh, with the promo code HoopBall20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. Again, HoopBall20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 to get 20% off your order plus free shipping. All right, y'all. With that, I am frosty. Y'all stay frosty. And I'll talk to y'all tomorrow. (laughs) All right, y'all.